From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Also, January 31st, second podcast of the day. Three coming today. Three. I'm going to bombard y'all. 2018. In this Super Bowl week, we welcome you inside, and it's time for Off Your Chest with Danny Flecka. Hello, sir. How's it going? Uh, let's first get this off your check. Is ha- chest is having a virus fun? No, it is not. Uh, glad to see. You like a ton of Brits and you don't know what to do, but you know, thankfully, it's gonna last too long. So. Sounds like you spent time in rooms of your house that you do not like spending a, a ton of time in, and glad that that has passed, and you can now go back to living your life. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing. You're debilitated for a little while, so just getting back in the groove of things tonight, having the routine back. So, yeah, thankfully, it's only two days, and right back at it. I said it to you last night. I'm convinced Kirk Cousins is the next quarterback of the Jets. Alex Smith is off to the uh, Redskins from the Chiefs. The Chiefs start the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, now that you've had a day to think about it, your thoughts on this trade? And last thought last night, I was really stunned. You know, this is not really a time of the year, at least in the fall calendar, where you see a lot of this stuff happen. Um, I get it from a financial standpoint. If you're the Redskins, um, you know, you get four years of a guy at $71 million guaranteed with the opportunity maybe to find a cheaper option on the back end of it. Um, if you're Kirk Cousins, you probably wanted this too because the, the Redskins, as uh, dysfunctional of an organization as they are, dragged their feet for two years and just kind of franchising you. And now you have the opportunity to go out there and pick your own team. Um, I, I can't remember the last time a QB like this hit the free agent market. Maybe the last time was Peyton Manning um, and before him, Brett Favre. Uh, so it is really unprecedented to see this type of situation happen, but. So you gotta blame the Redskins really at the end of the day. Are you are you that much better off? They they uh, have some cap space, but they also gave a third round pick and a, a good cornerback. So I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. You know, for Kirk Cousins, I think there's a lot of teams out there that make sense. You have the Vikings, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, maybe. And there's a lot of teams out there. It could be very interesting to see who. You're going to fork over, I want to say, maybe a $150 million contract to a quarterback that at the end of the day maybe isn't Alex Smith, you know? So uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Um, as you look at this from the Chiefs' angle, they trade away a quarterback, their starter, they had somebody ready, they get back a young cornerback that everybody is optimistic on. To me, it seems like they're the winners in all this. I have to agree. I mean, you, you uh, shed some cap, which I know that they've been doing a lot lately, you know, towards the end of the season. Uh, shedding cap, you know, the Macklin release uh, was a big part of that, you know, a couple of years ago when they did that. Um, you know, you get a cheap asset in return. You have a cheap asset going into the season as your starting quarterback. You can maybe focus a little more. Uh, you know, areas of free agency that maybe were lackluster during the season, and you get some draft capital back, too. The third-round pick is pretty valuable. So, you know, right now, they're clear winners. You know, we'll see what Mahomes is going to be. 
essentially he's going to be a rookie. You know, even though he was drafted last year, he's going to be starting his first you know NFL season next year. It's going to be interesting to see what they they come out with that. Um, Andy Reid, for all his faults, is actually pretty good developing you know young players, but. We'll see. I mean, right now, if I'm grading the, the trade on paper, it's the Chiefs want it, but we'll see what Mahomes can do, and we'll see what they do with those draft picks and the cat picks, and we'll see what the Redskins do with, with their cat base, you know, with this offseason going into, you know, getting other players that could potentially help them out. Um, all right, where does Cousins end up? Are, are you with me that he's the next Jet QB? I mean, if you're, if you're fairly going on which team can offer him the most money, it's going to be the Browns. The Browns have the most cap space. I think when I checked last night, they're at 115 million dollars. You know, it, they weren't in such a poor state as far as you know public perception. The Browns would be the obvious landing spot. You know, they have a young roster. They can build around Cousins. They can leverage that first-round pick, get more picks, or draft NFL-ready players right away. You know, like a Saquon Barkley um, or an off- or a defensive player that that could help out. Um, they would make the most sense if you're thinking from a, a money perspective. As far as fit and potential destinations, I, I got to list my top two as Denver and, and Minnesota. Just because Minnesota has all three quarterbacks coming off the market, um, and you know they have a, a team ready to win now, and Kirk Cousins did come out and say he wants to win. And Denver, they still have a great defense. And, you know, good skill position players and GM that has been willing to spend money to build a championship contender. So, and if I'm going off of his comments, um, you know, I'm going to say that Denver, Minnesota right now, based off of the winning, are the top two obvious choices. And then, you know, Cleveland and the Jets behind that as far as money is concerned. But if you want to win now, then, you know, Minnesota and Denver make the most sense. You really don't think Casey? You really think that that he has a shot to be the starter in Minnesota? You don't think that's Case Keenum's job? No, I, I don't. I, I don't see how you can you can parlay one. You know, you've seen it happen in the past. People overpaid free agency for one good year. You know, if I'm the Vikings, if I got to pay twenty million dollars to Case Keenum and twenty five million dollars to, to Kirk Cousins, I'm giving the five million dollars actually to Kirk Cousins. He's proven that he's been able to establish himself as a competent quarterback in the NFL for a number of years. You know, he, he's been to the playoffs. Has he been to the playoffs? Uh, I can't remember if he has or hasn't, but, um, you know, he, he's competed against good teams. He has a good, he would have a good core of uh, wide receivers and skill position players there. Um, with Dalvin Cook coming back off an injury, two good wide receivers and a tight end and a good defense. And he said he wants to win. So if he wants to win, and why wouldn't it seem like the Vikings, you know, take a shot at that? I don't know what you're going to get from Bridgewater. I don't know what you're going to get from Keenum next year. But I can tell you what you're going to get from Cousins next year, which is probably 4,000 yards passing, you know, 30 touchdowns and probably 15 interceptions. Talking with Danny Flecker, this is off your chest. All right, uh, it's time to talk about the game. This is the whole point of why you're on previewing Super Bowl 52. The way that I look at, look at this um, – is that Philly is the better team when it's Philly offense versus Patriot defense, and the Patriots are the better team when it's Patriots offense versus uh, Philly defense. The Eagles have to get off to a hot offensive start. They have to put up points early. You know that Belichick's telling the Patriots you can't get down 28-3. to 
Uh, once again, second straight year, they've got to get off to a good start, get points on the board, and get momentum. I think if if the Patriots get up early, it could be a death knell for them. I think they have to. If Philly wins the coin toss, they have to take the ball, receive it, and try to drive it. And I think the the beauty the the town of Tom Brady ultimately wins this game 28-24. But in my money, that matchup, Philly offense, uh, Patriot defense, is the place where they have to win this game if Philly wants to win it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Philly needs a fast start. They need to keep the game as close as possible for as long as they can. I think the one thing I've been hearing all week is, you know, the Philly defense has the formula to disrupt Tom Brady because they're deep on the defensive line, have fast linebackers. It's tough for me to, to see Philadelphia being able to contain that offense. It's, it's not an offense that is predicated on, on one player. As we've all seen the Patriots do in the past, you know, every Super Bowl or every playoff game, there's somebody else that comes alive that seems to make big plays when, when the time, you know, when the moment is biggest. I think that when you're Philadelphia, how much of that offensive success that you had against Minnesota is really relatable to this game. You know, they had a couple of short fields, a couple of big turnovers, a couple of big plays. Is that going to happen again? Are you going to get that 50-yard block for a touchdown? Are you going to get that interception deep in the opponent's um, territory to set up a short field and get some points? Are you going to be able to sustain drives and third down? It's tough. It's one of those games where everybody is, is picking the, is siding with the Eagles and people are forgetting that the Patriots have been here so many times. And I know that's a, an overused storyline, but there's something about the way that they just play the game that every single week you're like, well, I'm not surprised by that, or, you know, how do they do that, or, you know, who's this player, where did they come from? So I think for Philadelphia to have a shot in this game, you need Nick Foles to, to complete at least 70% of his passes. I think that's a big number, 70%. That means that they're staying drive, they're in third and manageable situations, they're converting, you know, in the red zone, and he's not turning the ball over. So if Nick Foles can get to that 70% mark, yeah, they, they could have a shot here. But I have a hard time wrapping my head around Nick Foles being that guy we saw two weeks ago. Yeah, and, and uh, that's the other part of this, which is, who's going to... You, you know Brady won't be intimidated by the moment, but do you believe that some Eagle players... You know, I, I think Chris Long is huge in this game. I think Chris Long because he was just there last year, is going to be a huge mentor factor. If he can get these guys calm, I think they're in good shape. But I really think, you know, take somebody like Jay Ajayi. This is the biggest spot in his life. I would not be surprised to see him fumble once or twice. Well, he does have fumbling problems, um, and the Eagles have lost. Uh, I don't want to say lost. have had a number of fumbles in the last couple games, and they've been fortunate enough to not have them, you know, hurt them as far as the, the scoreboard is concerned, but you have to imagine that if they lose a turnover battle, right, it's going to be a long day for them. You can't get the Patriots extra possession. You might be taking the kickoff first. While, while I agree with the need to get off to a fast start, I, I don't know if you want to do that necessarily to give the Patriots that potential for that, that double kill at the end of the second half, end of the first half, beginning of the second half. It, it's a tough game to to really size up because there are a lot of matchups that, that do favor the Eagles, but at the end of the day, 
what's on paper doesn't really matter in these games. It's what you have on the sidelines and who you have with the ball in their hands. And all of that favors the Patriots at the end of the day. You have the best the coaching factor, the coordinator factor, and the QB factor. Um. Got to talk about special teams. We'd be remiss not to talk about it. Jake Elliott, by far the biggest spot of his life. Steven Gostowski has been here many times before. Do you give the special teams edge to anyone? Yeah, it's definitely got to go to the Patriots. You know, with their place kicking, their punter, their coverage. They rarely make a mistake, you know, when it comes to that. Um, good coverage, you know, as far as their kickoff and punt are concerned. The Eagles do have some issues with their coverage. Um... Yeah, special teams always play a part. If it's a high-scoring game and it's back and forth, back and forth, you know, special teams is really negated unless you're talking about a big play on kickoff or a punt um, or even a missed extra point or something like that. But, you know, as far as an edge is concerned, I'd give it to the Patriots. They, they do have, you know, in my mind, that one of the best special teams in, in the league, and they do every single year. But we know Belichick values that, that special teams component very much. Who wins this thing? Going with the Pats, you know, the public and the betting lines are all favored, tilted towards the Eagles. Um, the spreads come down two and a half points. It opened up. Um, I think the Pats are going to go big time, no huddle, a couple times in the first half, a couple times in the second half. Really make that depth that the Eagles have a non-factor. Um, they're going to get after the linebackers with Gronk and their running backs, open up the middle for, for Amendola and, and, and Cook and Hogan. I think the defense, you know, they're going to be against the Rogues. I think a lot of the, a lot of the game, you know, they, they aren't the best Patriots defense out there. They remind me a little bit of that 2011 team that made it to the Super Bowl with their defense. But the big difference is in that game, they didn't have a shutdown corner. In this game, they have potentially two that could, you know, make it a little bit rough for the Eagles. Um, I think the Pats will run the ball and, and throw a lot of screen screen passes to kind of keep that defense off balance so they negate the pass rush that they do have. Um, ultimately, I think, you know, Tom Brady gets the ball. They're up four or five. They're up seven points and, and milks the game out. I'm taking the Patriots 27-20. Real fast, if Gronk does not get cleared, does that change your thought? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it changed my thought in the sense that, yeah, you lose that big playmaker, that, that guy that can really take the top off the defense or loosen it up a bit for a big play. Um, all points, all signs right now point to him playing, but if Gronk gets out or if Gronk is limited, again, this reminds me of the 2011 Super Bowl game against the Giants where the Pats were favored, but everybody was, was talking about the Giants potentially winning that game, and, and they eventually did. You know, Gronk was limited that game, and who knows if the Giants win that game if Gronk's healthy. Um, but the big difference is, is you, know, you know, I'm not taking concussions lightly or anything like that. This is more of a, a, a mental type of injury where can you mentally stay in that game? Can you mentally prepare yourself to stay in that game rather than a, an ankle ligament tear or a you know, broken bone or, or something like that? So, um is there a chance for him to get hurt again like he did, you know, a couple of weeks ago? Absolutely. That's the, that's the risk you run with Gronk. But, you know, he seems like he's going to be playing. He's saying all the right things in that sense. He practiced today, was limited. But, you know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get him cleared until Saturday because, you know, just keep the Eagles on edge a little bit. But if Gronk doesn't play, then I think it's a little bit closer of a game. And I think the Pats should shift their, their <laughs> focus for a ball control, slow it down type 
type of game where they, they have the ball eight, nine minutes to drive and try to wear out that Philly defense. See you next week for a game recap. Yeah, I'll be here. Hopefully it's a good game at the end of the day and uh, nothing bad happens at halftime. You kn- <laughs> Justin Timberlake is a very safe show with, with the Tennessee kids. I have no doubt that... Uh, that uh, there will be no wardrobe malfunction. I have, I have full confidence. He, he wears a, a, a tux, basically, when he performs with them. So, I don't think we have a risk of that. We'll see. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> it is live television. You never do know. Danny Flecka, off your chest. Thank you, sir. No problem, man. Have a great day. Enjoy, enjoy your night, everybody.